If you've got a Bible, you might want to start turning uh, to Jeremiah 20, verses uh, 7 to 13. If not, I'll be projecting it as usual on the screen uh, behind you, behind me. Um, Hello, everybody. If you're a visitor here um, this morning, welcome. Thank you so much for coming this morning. Um, This morning and next next week uh, are going to be our vision Sundays, our annual gift days. I hope you've come in faith this morning uh, or next week. Um, Over the next couple of weeks, what I really want to do is unpack uh, what we've been praying about, talking about, uh, um, brainstorming in in the Holy Spirit, as I often uh, phrase it, over the last nine months or so. And the more I think about it, what God has called us to Jubilee is rationally impossible without God. It's financially impossible without God. I hope I'm stirring you to faith here. It's practically impossible without God. It's emotionally impossible without God. Yet amazingly, this is the faith journey that God is calling to. In fact, you know what? He'd have it no other way. That's a biblical statement. Did you read the Bible? That's not unusual. Um, Jubilee, he wants us to know, you and me, that like the angel Gabriel, uh, like how the angel Gabriel declared to Mary in the Christmas story, we're going to be getting into all of that tinsel and whatnot, um, um, hear this, and and and, and I've often just kind of skipped it, it says, the angel Gabriel says to uh, Mary, nothing is impossible with God. I don't know if you've noticed that in the Christmas story. Nothing is impossible with God. And so really, over the next two weeks, I want to present to you our Isaiah 61 roadmap, our journey for this next season. What could Jubilee look like, say, in seven to ten years, or five to ten years? God's purpose, God's vision for Jubilee. And that's what I really want to kind of share with you this, uh, this morning. If you know people who are not here, we're going to, we'll put it on the... Uh, Uh, the website and we'll also put it in our next journey but if you know that if people are not here get them to have a listen to this not because I want people to listen to me although occasionally I do no no I don't it's to get the heart the buzz of of what we've been praying about as lots of teams Um, um, vision is very important Proverbs 29.18 tells us without vision the people perish well done Um, When Terry Virgo and his team received a picture of God, of a herd of elephants running together towards a jungle, the path before them seemingly impenetrable, but as that herd came together, their combined strength broke through and a path was formed that others could subsequently use. That was the prophetic picture, Jubilee, the vision that God gave um, a small bunch bunch of men in the early 70s that inspired them to build a family of churches that we now know as New Frontiers and has subsequently multiplied into different movements of which we're a part of Christ Central. Together, God said, you can accomplish far more Uh, than you could alone. A vision that has multiplied from a handful of churches, small churches, um, um, primarily in the south of England, to over 1,400 churches spread across the world. Phenomenal. When God's vision captivates a handful of spirit-filled men and women, it's a powerful thing. Bill Hybels, who leads an enormous church uh, in, in, in America, he says, 
Vision is a picture of the future that inspires passion. But also, as we've heard, uh, when Charlotte spoke last week, uh, and Jonathan a few weeks before that, there's a warning that comes with this. It's not going to be easy. We have an enemy jubilee that prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Jubilee, as we kick off this next stage in the history of jubilee, a journey that I believe will take us to two, from 200 to 500. That's what I feel God has called me to serve the team towards over this next season. We need to be real. Not all, not all emotionally rah-rah, not just positive thinking, but biblically rooted in the prophetic direction of Jesus. Willing to battle, standing firm, taking the blows sometimes. Strong in forgiveness, strong in unity, strong in grace, strong in, uh, strong in, unit, uh, strong in generosity, strong in God's word, strong in Jesus. Are you prepared for the journey? Because it's real. And so the passage this morning as we continue our trek through Jeremiah isn't necessarily the usual passage that you would go to on a Vision Sunday. Um, It isn't really. Um, It's not all rah-rah, everything's okay, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. It's not like that at all. In this passage, Jeremiah grapples with God ferociously. He prevails with God all out as he listens and follows God's direction to prophesy in this nation of Israel um, doom and gloom. Despite all the turmoil, he knows as we read uh, Jeremiah he knows nothing is impossible with God. So Jeremiah 20 it's uh, titled Jeremiah's Complaint. Here we go. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more uh, in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding in. Indeed, I cannot. I hear many whispering terror on every side. Denounce him. Let's denounce him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying, perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you, I have committed my cause. Give, sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for these words. Thank you, Lord, for these difficult passages in Scripture. Thank you, Lord, that you are a serious God with a serious message and you speak to men and women like Jeremiah and you call us and you, you call us to speak truth. You call the church not to just rest on its laurels, but actually rise in faith to be a church that you've called us to build. I thank you, Lord, that the church is the hope of the world. I thank you, Lord, that the church is like a mighty warrior in every setting, 
uh, in this world. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as we um, open up the vision of Jubilee over these next Sundays, I pray, Lord God, that a fire is lit in every heart here this morning and those who are aware. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we can be a, a, a mighty force for you, displaying the kingdom activity of God wherever we go. Jesus, fill us with your Spirit. Empower us. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch us. Speak to us this morning. In your name. Amen. So this morning I'm going to be unpacking the first two R's of our Isaiah 61 for our vision. What are they again? The first, uh, the first, the four R's. Can you remember? Shout them out. And the, remember, both words are important. It's not just the R word. Receiving Jesus. Reaching out. So it's not just reaching, it's reaching out, out there. What? Restoring community. Yeah, the people of God. A community that shapes other communities. And what was the other one? Releasing everyone. You're right, it was releasing potential, but God spoke to me about this is more than that. This next season's more than that. It's about releasing everyone. Yeah. Um, reaching, uh, receiving Jesus, reaching out, restoring community, releasing everyone, hopefully becoming very familiar to you, uh, to all of you by now. It certainly is getting into our kids' heads. We have a little quiz every morning on the way to school on Mondays and Tuesdays. Jubilee, as Jesus said when he finished reading the scroll of Isaiah, as he unpacked Isaiah 61 centuries ago, he said, uh, as he said then, in Christ, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing too. This is a prophetic mandate to the church, you and me, because we're in Christ. Let's get caught up in it together. So firstly, receiving Jesus. I don't know about you, but what I find fascinating about this passage uh, is the relationship that Jeremiah here has with God. It's not necessarily all, the, all moans and groans, although clearly uh, those are the things that capture our attention as we read it. But in the midst of all the doom and gloom that God is calling Jeremiah to prophesy, in the midst of all the humiliation and torture that Jeremiah has to go through for God's will to be declared uh, uh, to the people through him, following Jesus is very costly, isn't it? Yet right here in the midst of costliness and difficulties, Jeremiah is all out. He's vulnerable, he's open, he's real, close to God. His relationship to God is actually quite surprising, isn't it? You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. Who by? By you. You, you overpowered me and prevailed. I'm ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Why? Because of you. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. You told me to do it. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. It's your fault. Stop it. Help. Why me? You know what? As I've been reading this passage up in my study uh, this, um, uh, over the last few weeks, um, as I've been reading this passage, in my head I kept on hearing my children on a really bad day. These aren't the moans and groans of a slave servant to his owner or a shop floor worker to his boss. No, no, these are the heartfelt cries of a son, a daughter to his daddy. Aren't they? Vulnerable, close, 
beautiful. Jubilee, our relationship with God is personal. It's intimate. It's passionate, loving, tender, affectionate, adoring. It's real. No one is excluded. No one is bad enough anymore. No one's past is too stained or too scarred. No uh, no one's insecurity can't be turned around by truth and God's Spirit. No one's sin here, right now, anything can't be restored. No one. In Luke 11, we have the very famous Lord's Prayer, which we sometimes sing. Someone put it to music. Beautiful. But what sparks Jesus to teach it is what actually comes before. It says, while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, I wonder which one, Lord, teach us to pray. They were asking Jesus how to pray. It's quite funny, really, because for a Jewish person to ask someone how to pray was quite startling. It would have probably been quite shameful, actually, quite embarrassing. Question, why? Because these guys would have been brought up on prayer. The Jewish people were a praying people, a bit like some of you Eritrean guys out there. It was the very core of their spiritual lives. But they own up to Jesus. Lord, teach us how to pray like you do it. When Jesus prayed to his Father in heaven, there was a beauty there like nothing else. It shocked them. Richard Foster, a Quaker, wrote, Abba and Imma, that's uh, daddy and mummy, daddy and mummy, are the first words Jewish children learn to speak. The word Abba, Daddy, is so personal, so familiar a term that no one ever dared to use it to address the great God of the universe. No one until Jesus. And Jubilee, now that we're in Him, that's true for us. And like Jesus, we prioritize it, we guard it, we nurture it. Are you? As we move forward, I believe there are three things that are important in the corporate life of the church for this relationship to grow and flourish. Firstly, prayer. Jubilee, we are too busy not to pray, as the famous book goes. Over the last year, we've really tried to make prayer an important part of our Jubilee corporate worship in all sorts of settings. I've loved being part of our prayer meetings on the move from community group to community group. Exciting, faith-filled, interactive, allowing God to move. Hearing the prayer thrust of the whole church. More and more, I want to see a creativity and a passion and a dynamicity. That means something happening. Through spiritual gifts, and signs, and wonders, and God to reveal himself. Are you in faith for that as you pray? I've loved watching some of the kids. I've just been praying with some of the guys just at the back there. I've loved, and Chris uh, was praying for them as well. I've loved watching some of the kids drawing, and uh, some of the kids' drawings, and wanting to share what God's put on their heart. Little Jude this morning drew a picture of a match. I love the faith of Nat, in a, in a few of our prayer meetings recently on the move, uh, saying, can I share this? I feel God is saying this. Raj, can I pray for you? That's what an exciting prayer meeting is for me. I don't want to be at boring prayer meetings, do you? Well done, Gavin. 
Well done, Gavin, for hosting our morning prayer meetings. Well done, community group leaders, for hosting our prayer meetings on the move. Well done, those those of you who supported and made happen our weeks of prayer. Um, We've had two now since March 2014, the first week of prayers. We've asked Jesus as a family for Sean, for Moshtaba, for Abbas, for Hassan, for Jabba, for Jasim, for Michael, for others um, um, to stay in this country. God has really excited our family about prayer. Our kids about prayer. We'll keep praying, will you? Our whole lot... prayer important in worship too our whole life our whole life the bible tells us is a spiritual sacrifice to jesus isn't it that's what worship is about i've loved watching andy colcliffe grow in stature and excitement and passion for worship it hasn't been easy whenever you move forward in the plans of god worship teams worship strategy always always takes a blow I believe a very important part of, that, of the journey ahead is expanding this team despite the difficulties. And particularly with worshippers who can bring us on in international worship. Worship is something that crosses divides like nothing else. For those of you from different nations, here up, from those of you from different nations, will you help us with this? You are a train, guys. Again, you are beautiful worshippers with beautiful voices. Our heart is to see you declaring your worshipful heart out here, out loud, like we did that morning when that family was um, um, repatriated. The content of our worship is also something we must fight for, particularly now with the internet with all sorts of well-produced music out there. This is, this is a time more than ever to be strong in both the Word and the Spirit. What we sing teaches people something, says something of who we are, what we believe, about our God, really important. That's why Andy's on the School of Leadership um, down in Sheffield. I don't know if you know that, but he is. He's just started. We take this very seriously. For those of you who are singing on our Christmas worship service, well done. Um, On those nights I have loved over the years uh, looking on at the choir led by the very multi-talented Dave Gibson, who I think that is down... Is it in the Royal Albert Hall? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, Led by him, representing old and young, different backgrounds, different stories of God's grace, all declaring the gospel through singing, through carols, wonderful. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. We want to see more and more people leading the people of God into worship in small and larger gatherings. Different styles, uh, dynamic, different languages, being creative in art and music and images and words. It's brilliant what some of you have brought today. Well done, Leslie, uh, Holly, Faye, Kiri and others um, uh, for taking this forward. Leslie, you've really been um, a, 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 a passion igniter, a real servant heartbeat in the church. Thank you so much. We want to see more and more of the bigger God we worship, don't we? Don't we? Teaching, receiving Jesus also means knowing him deeper through unpacking the Bible. Who reads the Bible? None of you. Oh, a few of you. 
theology matters, doesn't it? Andrew Wilson, one of our New Frontiers teachers, writes, I believe that there is nothing anywhere that is more worth reading about and responding to than the character of God. In fact, I'm convinced that if your knowledge of God doesn't grow, then neither will you. That is a very profound statement. You see, that's what the, pro- that's what the problem was in, here in Jeremiah's time, wasn't it? In a world where anything goes, a very fragmented society, the people of God were compromising and confusing their knowledge of God. Their gospel was being contaminated. Theology matters. I've loved how Luke and Sarush have really helped us with a rolling program of theology, Theology Thursdays as I call it, which a lot of you I know uh, have enjoyed and have grown in. It's excellent watching Bobby um, bringing the big questions of life to wider church audiences and in our recent equip group uh, through, the, through his cross-church apologetics um, uh, sessions. Bobby keeps sharing passionately the gospel. I've loved, hearing of our, I've loved hearing our different Sunday speakers over the course of summer Sundays provoking us, challenging us. These equip groups have been a real, a real success uh, as we all got together, on, uh, as our Trailblazers team got together the other day talking about it. Well done to all of you who have attended and contributed to bringing God's Word alive. If you haven't been along, you've missed out, really. Those of you who are, on, who are on the fence and decided to go, you've been surprised. I know you have. I know one person in particular. She lives close by. Matthew, the fruit of, the, the fruit of your attendance at the School of Leadership has been amazing to see how you've taught on the book of Ruth. Well done. Keep going. Keep going, Jubilee. As we move forward, I see more of the teachers amongst us being released into declaring Jesus. Jesus' joy news deeper and further and wider. I see more people from across the New Frontiers family coming in to share their heart with us. So we get a bigger picture of what God is doing on a much bigger scale. That we are a part of it. That we are a part of. Get that. That's what it means to be an apostolic resource base. No doubt Don Smith will come again. Dave Campbell will come again. Jeremy will come again. I'm really looking forward to John Hosier, who Matthew sorted and invited out last time on the uh, School of Leadership. Kind of, with, kind, of, kind of talking to me. No, I'm joking. Very much involved with uh, us. Um, and he said yes. He might have said no if I asked him. Jubilee, we cannot worship what we do not know. We cannot delight in what we have not seen. Prayer, worship, truth, ripping large our small desires, receiving Jesus in spirit and truth, our first our vision statement. Secondly, reaching out. Did you spot spot what Jeremiah says in verse 9 there? It says this, But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, because that would be easier, more comfortable, that's the seat in which some of us are still sitting in. Jesus is challenging us this morning. His word, Jeremiah tells us, is like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. Burning, blasting, exploding. I am weary of holding in. Indeed, I cannot. It's got to come out. Like Jeremiah, we are people with God's purpose. Burning, blasting, exploding inside. Nothing will stop him. Nothing will stop us. 
A church on a mission. Is that your view of the church? Is that what receiving God does to you? It did with Jeremiah. Terry Virgo writes, the founder of the New Frontiers movement, Terry Virgo writes, Jesus didn't see God's will as something he had to tolerate and put up with. On the contrary, it was his greatest delight. He called it his food. It really satisfied him. Lord, let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the great drama of our lives with God, isn't it? God is asking us to enter in as we pray down heaven. We were just doing that at the back a moment ago. As we pray down the kingdom of God on earth, in your workplace, at school, your marriage, your community group, in persecuted nations like we did at the prayer meeting last, in Les's life, in Barry's life, in Naam's life, in Vicky's life, in Thornaby, in Stockton, in Martin, in Southbank, in Gresham, in Hartlepool, in Redcar, all these places, all these different people, all of us, as we pray down the power of heaven, we are making history with God. Wow! I believe God is calling us to six areas here. Engaging non-believers. You know what? Engaging non-believers or seekers or people who don't know Jesus. You know what? A hundred years ago, people were predicting that in the midst of science and technology and philosophy and the enlightenment, that Christianity would be binned and done away with forever. But ironically, history is telling a totally different story. It's funny that, isn't it? For instance, in 1900, there were approximately 10 million Christians in Africa. By 2000, there were 360 million. By 2025, estimates see that number rising to 630 million. The predictions tell us in, uh, the same in Latin America in 2025, 640 million. In Asia, 460 million Christians. Charles Coulson, uh, who, wrote, who, writes for the, who wrote in the CBN, who wrote in CBN, he said this, but at that point, 2025, only one-fifth of the world's Christians will be non-Hispanic whites. The typical Christian will be a woman living in a Nigerian village or in a Brazilian shantytown. Tim Keller, a New York pastor, he writes this, Religion is not just a temporary thing that helped us to adapt to our envi environment, as the as sociologists of old told us, or Dawkins tells us. Rather, it is a permanent and central aspect of the human condition. Your condition, my condition, there is no reason to expect that to change. And knowing... And knowing Jubilee that God is in charge, seeing God's picture, we, all of us, rise in faith and do our bit here and now, don't we? Over the coming months, we're going to be re-evaluating how we are doing evangelism, reaching out. Alpha definitely has an important place still. But we want to expand our range of reaching out options. We want to be more proactive in the ways we're encouraging and facilitating as many people as possible to connect with seekers, with the seekers, with, with non-believers that God has put around us. Small events, bigger events, looking at accessible tools out there, DVDs, DVDs and whatnot, looking at people's gifts and passions and turning them like football 
football, uh, into engaging non-believers through art and things like football and kids' work and music and marriage and parenting, a whole load of stuff. In January, we're going to be launching our new Ask course, uh, a new fresh opportunity looking at the big questions of life, things like things that put people off or hurdles to Christianity, like suffering, like many religions, like God, the Bible, Jesus, disprove, uh, uh, like Jesus, uh, like science disproving faith, all of that, not just in an intellectual way, in an argumentative way, but something personal. Can I encourage you to get your friends to this? It starts in January. Get your family to this. We've been piloting it over the, uh, uh, the last few equip weeks. It's gone well. There's a little bit of fine-tuning, isn't there, um, Neil? Um, but please get behind it. We also want to look at all the different entry points into Jubilee Church where people, that, uh, where people make that connection in and make sure we're making the most of these connections. God-given connections. A big part of that, and in the whole area of pastoral care and discipleship actually, will be a systematic process where everyone in Jubilee, in the Jubilee community, including non-believers, including visitors, we can track. We might need a bit of software for that. It sounds a bit robotic. It sounds a bit James Bond MI5, but it's not. The point is to follow people's journeys through Jubilee encouragingly pastorally, releasing them as potential servants for God and leaders. Picking out the unlikelies. Picking out the people who don't necessarily put their hands up. Another big part of engaging the outside world will be developing a more fresh and clean media window, I think that's what it's called these days, our website our branding, our literature. It's not the most important thing in the world, but it is a window into Jesus' life from the outside into this church. And we're going to be cleaning our windows soon. So engaging non-believers in a meaningful, effective, non-judgmental way. Social justice and engagement. We also reach out through social justice and engagement, don't we? One of the most profound passages, I think, in the Bible um, about this is in Isaiah 58. Here we see, as you read Isaiah 58, the first bit, here we see God's not happy about churches that just go through the motions of Christianity. In fact, it upsets him, it breaks his heart. What's real worship, God says? To loose the chains of injustice, to set the oppressed free, to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. That's what, Isaiah, that's what God says through Isaiah to the people of God. What we're about isn't optional charity. It's a biblical obligation. Not doing it would be unjust in the eyes of God. That's how we differ from Red Nose Day and Children in Need and all those things. All good things. But this isn't charity. This is justice. Open Door is by far our biggest social justice project. It's amazing to see how this charity has grown and flourished over the years. It's, it, it's, it's been wonderful to see how Paul Cattrall and others have invested their life in this. Well done wherever you are. Maybe flying back from Dubai now or is he back? Don't know. 
bringing on new as, as, the, as, as they've been involved in bringing on new staff, expanding opportunities, strategy development, fundraising. I think it's really important to get this, um, but Open Door, get this about Open Door. Open Door has changed the face of this church. Open Door has made uh, uh, us a very unique church in church culture, actually. People are talking about us. Politicians have visited us. The BBC and other uh, stations have presented our story. People are going out locally and uh, wider talking about the work of Open Door. As we move forward, God has really spoken to me about how this child, Open Door, that once was very little, and very dependent and vulnerable, has actually now become an adult, much more robust, re, uh, re, realizing her full potential. And so really, as both trusts, we're collaboratively looking at ways of helping Open Door Northeast to become more self-sustaining and equipped for further growth and giving it more profile and encouraging others to serve on it and give to it. Open Door is very key to our uh, future in terms of social justice. It is. High up there. But there's other stuff as well. Pray for wisdom as we continue to support and work with other people and organizations. Pray for the phenomenal work of the Hope Foundation and all that Sue and John give their lives to. Pray for Footprints, a ministry of Alan and John L, um, uh, that we're starting to explore with them. Pray for Into Out, an organization that we're working with as they engage with other with young offenders. Pray for Food Bank and Sarush now, the new manager of that three days a week. I believe that's a significant appointment for us. Pray for safe families. Pray for Sparkless to multiply. We also want to explore the whole area of promoting and supporting marriage and parenting. How can the church shape this? How can the gospel influence this for good? This is a big vision. We're talking about the next five to ten years. The nations. Reaching out also involves the nations. The late John Stott wrote, We must be global Christians with a global vision because our God is a global God. Amen? Amen. It's great to see so many faces this morning of different origins and different backgrounds. This is very much rooted in, into our DNA. New Frontiers, Christ Central Churches. What Paul and Jill, uh, they, they went to a Dubai, you'll, you'll be, you'll be feed, they'll be feeding back more on that. What Paul and Jill are, ex, uh, are exploring in Ethiopia with a view to Eritrea is very much on our radar. This is an exciting new thing, something that actually God has been uh, planning for years though. Church planting is very much part of our vision, if not directly at the moment, certainly indirectly. God give us more church plants. Tanzania is very much on our heart too with the work of, with, with, with Angela and Jonathan's input and help, and also help from our wider apostolic team. Um, I think Joseph Mawilla in Zambia will be key to that in the future too. We want to continue to invest our relational uh, and support links with Turkey. Canada's there, Ghana's there. In all this, what is paramount is that we are building purposeful friendships and, um, and bridges for mutual enriching. It's a two-way thing. The nations reaching out to universities and colleges also. Unfortunately, this year, we don't have many students. We have a few. 
This has been hard going, if I'm honest. Working with, stu with their student unions and orga organizational structures has been tough. I think the reality is that we have to look at the whole thing again, particularly concentrating on ways to help these guys integrate quickly, get stuck in and serve, getting them caught up in the vision early and facilitating them in reaching out to their friends. All that in a three to four year plan so that new stu stu students are continuously coming on board. A tall order, but Jesus, you know, did a lot in three years. Living in an area where we have lots of colleges and two big universities, the priority of this over the years needs raising again. Jesus, give us wisdom. Jesus, give us wisdom and breakthrough in this area. And people. I'm coming in for a landing. Jubilee, as we receive Jesus in spirit and truth, prayer, worship, God's word, we are called to reach out with the gospel to everyone. God put, everyone God puts amongst us, to the nations, to universities and colleges, in church planting, to the poor and marginalized. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this, but thanks be to God as he uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Christ everywhere. For we, point to yourself, for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So that's the first of our two, of our, the first two of our four R's for our, for our Isaiah 61 vision. Next week we're going to be looking uh, at the other two R's, equally essential, equally important, equally exciting, restoring community, releasing everyone. If the band can come up, that would be good. If someone could also bring in the kids, that would be really good as well. Good to see this guy up there as well. He led our prayer meeting the other day. Woo. Jubilee this week and next week. Listen, this, this Jubilee this week and next week, unapologetically, myself, Simon and Sarush are calling you and me to be eye-poppingly generous. Nothing is impossible with God who works amazingly through you. We're calling you to be sacrificial, to a sacrificial, joyful, grace-filled, faith-filled, love-motivated giving this morning and next week. And if it isn't that, don't bother. But if it is that, ask God to challenge you. Like Jeremiah, do you see that the Lord is with you like a mighty warrior? If this one... Um, if this one, this God, this mighty warrior is for you, who can be against you? Jubilee, there is a battle raising and one of our key weapons is faith-filled, countercultural generosity. That's why Jesus spoke about it, so, spoke about giving so much. It's a battle for the heart. Will you declare your heart for Jesus again this morning as you've done so many times over the years that have gone by. The gospel, the joy news of Jesus is this. Jesus Christ was up 
on the cross, hurting, bleeding, dying, looking down at the people, forsaking him, denying him, betraying him, and in the greatest, come to the front, come to the front, guys, uh, in the greatest act of love in the universe, he stayed for you. That's the gospel. And listen, the question is this today. In the light of all he has done for you, listen, in the light of all he has done for you, what could you do? Come guys, what could you do for him? Receiving him, reaching out for him, restoring his community, releasing everyone into his purpose. What could you do for him? Let's stand. I'm just going to have a little mini conversation with the guys here. You just carry on. Maybe, maybe you'll want to play some background music just to make sure you don't feel excluded. Hi there. What are we doing this morning? Has anybody told you this morning? Come, come along. Come through here. Come through here. What are we doing this morning? Is this morning a special day? Hands up. Have they not told you yet? A microphone would be good. Here we go. Got our gift day. What were you going to say? Gift day. You know what? You know what? This morning is about us all, families together, giving to God. I don't know what you guys are like when you sometimes have to share your sweets, but sometimes in our family we can get a little bit grumpy about it. But mostly we want to share. Everything we have with others. And God, everything that God has given your families, from a lot to a little, God calls us to be generous with, to give to others, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Of course he does. And what we're doing this morning is an act of faith. What does, what does faith mean? What does faith mean? Can someone tell me? Did you just put your hand up? Come on, someone must know what faith means. Someone different. Sharing sweets with everybody. Sharing sweets with everybody. When you trust someone. Trusting someone. Who do we trust, guys? Who do we trust? Shout it out. What does God, does your God have a name? Mine does. Jesus. Shout it out. Jesus. And again. That is the God we're giving to this morning, yeah? 
That is the God we're getting excited about. Because he wants us to do four things. And they all begin with R. We've been rehearsing this in the car. That's not fair. Anyone else? Anyone else knows what God has called us to? And they all begin with R. There's four of them. Come on. Sweet. We're still on the sweets theme. You might not know. And you know what? I'll be talking about this next week. Nothing. Nothing. Well, go on, Jemima and Jesh. And, oh, go on, here, go on, go on. Reaching out to God. Whoa! Reaching out. Well done, David. Receiving, restoring. What? Receiving Jesus. community restoring community releasing everyone releasing everyone shall we pray and then parents can you come and collect your kids uh, actually you're gonna you, they're gonna take them back to that holy square at the back and if you can get your children from there and then we're gonna be singing and being generous to God but I'm gonna pray for all of us is that all right yeah, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this church. I thank you for your church. I thank you, Lord, that we are little and big. That we're from all different countries. That we're from all different backgrounds. Some have lots, some don't have so much. I thank you, Lord, that we are boys and girls, men and women. I thank you, Lord, that some of us have big families, and some of us have smaller families. But you know each and every one of us by name. And you are calling us to a bigger journey. A bigger adventure with God. And I pray for all these kids here that they'll be caught up in that vision. That they will come to know Jesus in a beautiful, powerful way. More and more. I pray that they grow in faith. Kids, if you go back to your square... And then um, your parents will come and collect you. I pray, Holy Spirit, well done. Give them a round of applause. These guys are great. I pray for Jubilee Church. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us. Empower us. Fill us with faith this morning as we give to you. As we glorify your name, as we declare our heart all out for Jesus and his mission in Teesside, in this nation, and in the nations. As we don't compromise the word of God, but declare it in all its beauty. As we reach out to the unloved, the marginalized, the universities, all different people, all different nations. I pray, Lord God, give us wisdom as a church that we can step out in faith and knowledge knowing that you are ahead of us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we'll be a people who encounter you face to face daily. Touch people now, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that those who have counted themselves out for whatever's going on in their life right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll draw them back. Pull them in. Come, Lord God. You are a beautiful God. We're going to give, we're going to sing, and then we're going to come and 
We're going to put our offering joyfully in this very famous yellow bucket.